Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Crofts. All right, everybody. Welcome to Political Coffee, the show where we talk about political issues of the day, the political issues of the day, local, national, and even international, hopefully in a manner that helps you change, use them, change your world. And that's not easy because um, it's not easy because you, you have to forgive me that I was distracted for a moment, folks. It's not easy because you have to be very discerning about how you have those conversations. This is why the whole focus of what I try to do in this one hour show is to present those issues in a way that gives you kind of a direction, what you can say to those people in your world that are in fact persuadable. There's no point in you arguing with people that you know have a very, very powerful different opinion from you. But even then, I have to say that sometimes people whom you have argued with before were ardently anti-MAGA, anti-Trump, anti-liberty, who bought the lie that Antifa is just an idea and that the bad orange man and his mean tweets had to go. Even sometimes those people have a little bit of a change of heart to a point you could actually have a conversation with them. Now, over the weekend, as you know, um, Kevin McCarthy was elected Speaker of the House of Representatives. How did that happen? And what came out of it? We're going to talk about that because it is so important that you understand it. Elections have consequences. There's a reason why Republicans extracted a very heavy toll from Kevin McCarthy. You just heard Sean Hannity explain it. Now, Hannity, full establishment, and is trying to backtrack a little bit here. I'm just going to be honest with you. He's the biggest cheerleader for the establishment Republicans you can find. Uh, with possible, possible exception, exception of a couple of others. But there's a great piece in the Liberty Nation News today about why the Kevin McCarthy conflict was worth it. The headline. This is by Lisa Donnelly. The subheadline says this, sometimes a fight can be a noble endeavor. We have that fight going on within the Republican Party. That fight going on within the Republican Party of Oregon right now. These elections have consequences. And those consequences, I want to tie this back to the purpose of this show. Purpose of this show. 
is to, again, talk about political issues of the day in a way that helps you have productive, persuasive conversations with persuadable people. And you could do that around this issue of, well, many things, and inflation is one of them, but let's, let's just look at it specifically. Lars has a great piece that's on the Oregon Catalyst today, and it is actually from yesterday. And it, cre- it asks one of these questions, why we are facing, or it makes a statement about why we are facing double-digit utility rate hikes. Now, this has to be one of those things that is going to continue to to impact people's lives. It is. He starts off his piece by saying, the Northwest elected elites really plan to make us freeze to death in the dark. The evidence suggests that that's where we're headed in this new year. The biggest natural gas company in the region wants 11% more for fuel that heats so many homes and runs so many businesses. Northwest Natural. Public Utility Commission has already signed off on a 15% increase in utility costs, or rather electricity costs. Now, why are these prices going up? That's a way that you could start a conversation. Wow, did you see that Northwest Natural wants 11% more for natural gas? Did you see the PUC has signed off on 15% increase in electricity costs? Why are they going up? It's simple. It's supply and demand. Because the leaders elected by people, and you need to say that, The leaders of our state and our nation have decided to try to stop new natural gas pipelines and throttle down the supply of one of the most plentiful energy resources America owns. If you look at pictures of the Bakken region, North Dakota, at night, you know what you'll see? There's more light coming from North Dakota than many places, the big cities of America. Now, why would that be? Because they are burning natural gas off into the atmosphere. They have to get rid of it, folks. We could be piping that in new pipelines to the Northwest and lowering your gas prices rather than increasing them. But no, our elected leaders have decided to oppose new natural gas pipelines. Thereby, it's supply and demand. And then he goes on to talk about shuttering, you know, our elected elites shuttering the inexpensive coal-fired electric plants and trying to replace it with very expensive wind and solar. The electric companies, he writes, tell the PUC that power production costs are up, so they have to charge more. Wind and solar can only produce power about one-third of every day. So when you tear out 100 megawatts of evil coal, 
after replacing with 300 megawatts of solar cells and turbines from Joe Biden's buddies in Beijing. On top of that, Biden inflation has jacked up your cost of living about 50% faster than your paycheck goes up. Elections have consequences. So I want to go back to this. This is stunningly important. Like, well, this other story that broke over the weekend, a never-opened $300 million-plus biofuels refinery in southern Oregon in Lakeview is facing foreclosure. This is something dear to my heart because this is all about aviation fuels. About making aviation fuels, because I'm a pilot, as you know, and I have an airplane engine in my airplane, that we are being told that our current fuel, which is already really low in lead, is going to have to be phased out. So then how do guys like me who have a reciprocating piston engine, how do I put fuel in my airplane and be able to fly? Because apparently, the fuels that I am burning today are destroying the planet. They aren't, of course, but that's what we're being told. So a $300 million project to take an abundant source of woody biomass from nature, from trees that we grow, which is a renewable resource. Planting trees can be made into woody biomass, into biofuels. This project is going bankrupt because it's way behind COVID, all these other things, but also because of political decisions. You see, here's the problem. They cited this facility hoping to produce a better, cleaner burning aviation fuel for the California aviation fuel market, which is one of the largest in the the nation. And they decided to do it because they needed to be on a rail line where they could rail it down there, and they needed to be close to woody biomass. National forests, other forests. There's a little problem here. Um, The enviros don't want this at all. They are trying to block the use of any, in fact, it has been shut off, use of federal forest land for the woody biomass because woody biomass to be used to make cleaner burning aviation fuels has to come from somebody cutting a tree and cutting trees are bad things to the enviro wackos out there the extremists ron wyden supports it as does jeff merkley You see, this is a process developed by the Nazis in the 20s and the 30s and they had to use clear back then 
for World War II as we started bombing their fuel facilities. So what you've got is you've got government in the way and federal regulations prohibiting the project Federal, let me let me listen to this. So you get this. Federal regulations prohibit the sourcing of wood waste off of federal land. In fact, a critic of this said there was never done a feasibility study conducted to see if there was an adequate supply of woody biomass in the region to feed the plant. So guess what? The state of Oregon once again has helped fund and there is money that has gone into this although there's promised money that hasn't emerged from the state to help with the project because the project hasn't gotten far enough along once again the state of oregon like with solar manufacturing facilities has wasted a bunch of money does anybody remember solyndra during obama's time Wyden and Merkley aren't giving up, though. Is it too big to fail? Hmm. If you listen to the recently installed CEO who's coming here trying to rescue this thing, he basically is saying, we're going to rely on, in so many words, Wyden and Merkley to bail us out. Elections have consequences, folks. Back in a moment. 620. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 22 minutes past the top of the hour. I'm going to uh, share with you why it was worth the fight uh, to hold out and go through 15 rounds of voting to elect Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House. I'll get into that uh, in a moment here. Uh, one th- oh, by the way, did you finally see that Joe Biden went to the border? Did you love what what the governor of Texas did in handing this letter <laughs> to Joe Biden and showing up, even though he wasn't really invited, although I guess a low-level staffer uh, ask him if he was coming. They did not want. The Biden administration did not want the governor of Texas, which is not only suing the Biden administration, but putting military on the border, his military on the border, the Texas National Guard. Anyway, there's a piece in the... Uh, Federalist about this that the Biden administration's border patrol parole border parole not patrol border parole plan takes immigration illegal immigration to a whole new level. He announced instead of a border enforcement policy, it's a border parole policy. You know what he said he would do? He would tell tens of thousands of aliens illegally entering the United States from Mexico that they can come to America 
legally if they f instead fly to a port of entry in the interior of the country. Let me just say that again. Biden is saying you can come to America illegally if you fly into a port of entry in the middle of America rather than, you know, crossing the Rio Grande or Texas. She writes, this is Margot Cleveland, who's a lawyer, writes for the Federalist. She says, seriously, for all the Biden administration's spin, that's his plan. And it's illegal. And it is illegal. And she goes uh, to talk about the Federal Register and how they're trying to new border enforcement plan and all of this and how it is illegal. Now, in a moment, I will quickly share with you what is wrong with all of this. But I also need to share with you, if you're looking about buying or selling a home, you really owe it to yourself to talk to Rebecca Donaldson. You hear her ads on this radio station, and the reason that she is advertising on the station is because many of you have, well, you've decided to talk to her about buying or selling a home. Why? Because she's really at the top of her game. This is powerful. And so I want you to think about that if you're thinking about buying or selling a home, or maybe you know somebody in your family or your sphere of influence that is thinking about it. They should talk to Rebecca Donaldson because she knows what she's doing. She's up on the latest things that are happening inside an ever-changing real estate environment. 503-269-0747 is her number. 503-269-0747. And, you know, you can check out her website at rebeccasgothouses.com. Contact her also by email from that website, rebeccasgothouses.com. So here's why the conflict, 15 votes to elect Kevin McCarthy was worth it. Because out of this came a that some really good things that have to happen, and it's good for the nation as a whole. Here's one of them. Pause, a pause for 72 hours before a bill can be brought to the House floor. This is really important because you know what Pelosi said, right? With Obamacare, we got to pass the bill to find out what's in it. Thousands of pages of bills thousand page bill or thousands of pages as in the case of Obamacare was essentially rammed down the Americans throats literally just a few hours before they had to vote on it. so the Freedom Caucus and those who held out secured this commitment from Kevin McCarthy that they will have 72 hours to vote on this, to look at a bill before they have to vote on it. That's a really good thing, folks. Something you can talk about with persuadable people. Those persuadable people who are maybe have believed the lie of the left and many Republicans say, wow, what a circus, you know, those, 
Those 22 Republicans need to just fold their tent. By them fighting, we got one of the most common sense things that ha- that everybody gets. You ought to have enough time to read a bill before you vote on it. Another thing they got was a vote on term limits. The last time we voted on term limits was 1997, and it barely lost in the House, 2017 to 2011. But it wasn't because a two-thirds majority was needed. At the time, Republican from Illinois, Henry Hyde, was quoted by the L.A. Times saying, to adopt term limits is to play Russian roulette with the future. Now, more than 20 years later, Congress is run by geriatrics. Look at the age of them. The average tenure of U.S. House leadership has been more than 20 years. They also got a vote on a resolution that balances the budget in 10 years. All you need to do is look at the U.S. debt clock. And there are more, and I will get to them on the other side of this. Was the fight worth it, and what did you think of it? Question I have for you. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buke GMC talk line. It's 630 back in a moment. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. And we are back. It's uh, 23 minutes before the top of the hour. Great to have you with us. Political Coffee today. We're talking about how you can use the fight to get... uh, concessions from Kevin McCarthy before he became Speaker of the House, how you can use the benefits of that, the good things out of that, to be persuasive with people who are persuadable in your world. 503-589-1220 is that power of Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. Emails to Jeff at 1220. Dot am. I've got some great emails, and like the one I got from Linda. Between the failure of this project, this is the, the aviation fuels biomass project, $300 million project in southern Oregon near Lakeview that is failing. It hasn't even opened. They can't get, there's a federal prohibition from using federal waste from federal lands, from federal timber lands, which is what this whole thing was about. There's a prohibition. You can't use it. Wyden and Merkley are big cheerleaders of this project. Well, you know, Wyden and Merkley, maybe you should pass a bill that says you can use waste from federal lands. You know, from like maybe cleaning up the forest so they don't burn up. Maybe you guys ought to put your money where your mouth is. No, not taxpayer money. But rather, actually pass a bill that says you can use waste from federal lands. But then that might upset too many of your 
big enviro funders, you know, like Sierra Club and people like that, who have billions of dollars, some of which they get from the taxpayers. That might upset them. So you, you, you want to sound like you really support this project and that it's a good thing. You know, cleaner aviation fuels, everybody wants that, right? You want to sound that way, but really you're not going to do anything about it. Other than try to find some subsidies. You know, that just adds to the national debt. Anyway, Linda writes this email. Between the failure of this project and the failure of Solyndra, adds up to nearly a billion dollars. Waste, fraud, and abuse because of a bunch of idiot politicians is amazing to me. I was just a kid when some owl started all of this ban on cutting trees. Yeah, and we found out that that owl was being hurt by another owl. And that the federal government is spending your tax dollars to hire hunters to go out and kill the owl that is killing the spotted owl. No kidding. Then Linda writes, the house fight. The fight will be worth it if they pass the package today intact. There's already two hard no's, and they only need three or four more Republicans that are just waiting to squelch it. Folks, yes, today is the vote for the package of rules. Now, in that rule package, there are some very good things. And there's also some things that aren't so good. Let's hope they pass it. A state employee who shall never be named writes this. Was the fight worth it? Was the fight worth it? Yes. It was worth it and resulted in significant and needed changes to the rules to help the new Congress moving forward. But it has also become evident that there was no other viable candidate who was willing to and able to run against McCarthy. So that is why the fight to change the rules was worth it, to force McCarthy and swamp Republicans to do things differently, to build integrity into the process of governing. Amen. To build integrity, the process of governing. And it is sorely lacking. But what isn't lacking is your ability to stay warm in your home or your business if, in fact, your heating and cooling system is not keeping up with it. That's why you should call Freedom Heating and Air. You see, this is one of the ways, it's just one of the ways. Their emergency services is how they built such a great business. But it's only one of the things that they've been doing for 50 years here in the Mid-Valley, folks. FreedomHeatingAndAir.net if you go to their website, freedomheatingandair.net, you'll see all the services that they can do for you that make your life better. Give them a call, 503-580-1456. 580-1456. Freedomheatingandair.net. Freedomheatingandair.net. All right. So was the fight worth it? Yeah. Because now we have so so the next time you hear somebody grousing about the Republicans, you know, you just heard Cal Thomas, you know, be basically quoting one of the most disastrous rhino globalist Republicans ever, Carl Rove. Cal Thomas, a great conservative, basically saying, you know, these Republicans look stupid. They couldn't do anything. Well, he's way late because he probably did that you know, on Thursday, 
and now they're playing it today. He's so wrong. The fight was worth it. Because the next time you hear somebody parrot those, somebody in your world, talking about those idiot Republicans, what you should ask them this question. So do you think that Congress should actually read the bills before they vote on them? Now, you know what the obvious answer is going to be. Oh, yeah, they ought to vote on them. They ought to read them before they vote on them. And you say, did you know, you remember Nancy Pelosi saying we have to pass the bill so we can find out what's in it? Did you know that that's one of the things that won't happen because 20 Republicans stood up and said, no, we want you to put that in the rules. They have to be able to read a bill for three days before it can be brought up for a vote on the floor. Don't you think that's the right thing to do? And then they're going to vote on term limits. You shouldn't be able to make a career out of serving in the House of Representatives. It was never intended by the founders to be that way. They're going to get a vote on term limits. It doesn't mean that's going to pass, but they're just going to get a vote. How about balancing the budget? Don't you think Congress ought to balance the budget? The spending bomb that is about to hit America as my generation, I'm a trailing baby boomer, as we quote unquote retire and begin taking social security and signing up for Medicare. Folks, I'm only two years away from that here. I got a birthday coming up here in a little bit. And I'll be 64. Actually, it's not even two years, less than that. Voting on a balanced budget. A balanced budget resolution. How about, I mean, again, the next time you hear somebody grousing about Republicans didn't have a plan, here's, here's what you need to know. The conservatives did have a plan. And if you listen to them talk about this, they have been talking with Kevin McCarthy about this for months. But McCarthy wouldn't listen. This is why they don't trust him. Now, why would that be? Because he didn't think he was going to need their help. That's why. I want you to listen to me here. This is the calculus that went on. This is the thinking that went on in Kevin McCarthy's team in trying to get Republicans elected. They believed the polls, the polls that said it was going to be this massive Republican wave. Now, had that happened, none of the concessions of the 20 Republicans would have been put in the House rules or virtually none of them. You know why? The reason Kevin McCarthy wouldn't listen to them. Because he thought he was going to win big and he didn't need their votes. He thought he believed the polls just like everybody. I've had to explain this to several people over the weekend and they finally got it. Well, that explains it. That explains it why. 
McCarthy wouldn't listen to these conservative Republicans who were trying to have conversations with him for months prior to the election. And then after the election, oopsies, he had angered many of these people because he was arrogant and he wouldn't listen. There's no increase in the debt limit without spending cuts. We're $33 trillion in debt, and that doesn't even include Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. Folks, that's just the national debt. We're, Social Security will be going bankrupt this year or next. You know what that means? Money's got to come out of the federal budget to pay for people like me or many people like you. There's more, and we'll get to all of it on the other side of this break, folks. This is really important. Come on and sing my song all night long. Oh, all night long. Yes, all night long. Yeah. All night long. Stop the car. We gotta move. Call Jeff now at 503 589 1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. There you go, folks. Great to be back with you. By the way, Tim uh, wrote me a uh, great, great email. If you want to send an email, I'll try to get it in before the end of the show. It's jeff at 1220.am. Jeff at KSLM.news, he writes this question. What credit should the Republican Party for the results from the election, election of the Speaker? But nothing from the Republican Party, because the Republican Party is run by the old bulls establishment Republicans. This is why they've worked against Trump, because he upset their power base. Regarding natural gas, Julie writes this email, the ban on natural gas floats from the White House to the State House down to the City Council. Both Salem and Milwaukee have banned new natural gas hookups within several years. I dare a restaurant to use electricity and get orders out in a timely manner. Killing the utilities will create a situation of people taking cold showers in the dark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, do you see the story about the transsexual who confesses to burning down the 117-year-old church in Portland. Now, you probably didn't. You probably also didn't see these stories about China's kinetic war they're planning in the Straits of Taiwan. They're ramping up their massive combat drills, naval and air blockade of Taiwan. The U.S. Navy's 7th Fleet is out there, folks. If they go after Taiwan, you know what it means? 30% of our economy is immediately impacted. That's not good. Not at all. By the way, um, one of the good things that came out of this fight over Kevin McCarthy is Jim Jordan chairing a weaponization of government select committee. 
You could also say, you know, to someone who's criticizing Republicans, maybe it's a Republican, maybe it isn't. You could say, so do you think the FBI should be able to unconstitutionally listen in on your phone conversations without a warrant? Read your email? Have you been following the Twitter files? How the FBI has been limiting your free speech through Twitter and probably other groups illegally and paying them to limit your free speech, which is unconstitutional? You think somebody ought to look into that? Well, you know, that's a benefit that came out of these 22 Republicans holding firm. Truly. Now, there's more. And we'll get to it in a moment. And it relates to this omnibus bill that was just filed. But I want to thank... Um, who was it? Oh, it was, um, hey, Barbara, thank you for the Kevin Mannix bill. Kevin Mannix has introduced a bill. House Bill 2124, pre-session filed. Kevin and I served together in the House of Representatives a long time ago. This bill makes a difference. How? Because elections have consequences. This says that the nominating ballot, the general election ballot, and special election ballot identifies judges at the local level of being, well, all judges in Oregon, as being an appointed incumbent if the judge was appointed during the current term of office or as an elected incumbent. You know, we just defeated in Marion County a appointed Kate Brown judge with a very good longtime 17-year prosecutor. She now is the judge versus one of Kate Brown's liberal judges. We did it in Lynn County. Remember, we've talked about that. Kevin Mannix's bill says all of these on the ballot they have to have behind their name or under their name appointed incumbent or elected incumbent. Kudos to Kevin. And thank you, Barbara, for letting me know about that. Also, I need to let you know that Eric Azer at Righteous Renovations is a contractor that you can not only trust to come into your home and do a very high quality job, but you can also trust not to make your life miserable as he's doing a kitchen or a bathroom remodel. That's really important. If you've ever had that happen, you know how much, just how incredibly disruptive it is. Go to his website, righteousrenovations.com, righteousrenovations.com. Check out all of the great before and after pictures and very happy customer testimonials righteousrenovations.com another benefit the fight over the speakership was single subject bills so we're going to we're going to 
balance the budget. We're going to actually say that you get three days to read a bill before you vote on it. We're going to vote on term limits. We're not going to increase the debt limit without spending cuts to offset it. But now we're going to do single subject bills. Rolling everything into one big bill is really poor governance. That comes out of this piece I'm reading from. The author, Lisa Donner, writes, there is no sound reason to hide non-related elements into one measure. This is this great big omnibus bill that all these Republicans voted for. This is how U.S. taxpayers end up, now get this, listen to this, end up paying for $2.1 million for Ethiopian shoes. Let me say that again. In the omnibus bill, we the taxpayers are paying for $2.1 million for shoes for Ethiopians. Think about it. That's a question you could ask in having a persuasive conversation with someone who's grousing about how long it took all these 22 Republicans, 15 votes. What a laughing stock. Well, you know, one of the concessions they got from Kevin McCarthy is single subject bills so that we don't end up paying $2.1 million for shoes for Ethiopians. And that was just the tip of the iceberg, folks. Now, the real question is this. Why was it necessary for 22 Republicans to fight for these things? It shouldn't have been at all. Kevin McCarthy should have been already on board with these things because they're not just conservative, they're common sense. Don't you think? I hope you found this valuable today. There's more. Kevin McCarthy got drugged kicking and screaming to these common sense ideas because he found out that he needed us after all. See you tomorrow.